This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. We are going to do a little doubleheader mailbag during the offseason on Thursdays. And we're going to go ahead and get to Jacob. Jacob, you know, what a transition because we've already talked about Jameer Gibbs, Bijan Robinson, but he says, do you prefer Gibbs or Robinson at their current projected interest in the draft. So Gibbs, um, I think I have his consensus big board rank over here. Robinson, well, his big board ranks eight, and Gibbs is twenty nine. Um, I think Robinson is not going to go eight, and it's the value of a running back. Let's just kick them both down fifteen spots or so. I don't know, just a rough movement. I think Gibbs has been a mid second round early second round type and Robinson has been a mid first late first type Robinson. I think Robinson's a full tier above Gibbs. I, I think with Gibbs, yes, the explosive plays are so exciting. The main, I think it's a projection for the Bengals. I think he's awesome, but I do think there's a little bit of a projection with the Bengals. Yes. He's an awesome receiver, but he doesn't pass block well right now. So we just dealt with that. Joe Mixon's an awesome receiver and he doesn't pass block. Well, who was on the field for two minute drill? It's not mixing. So is that going to be Gibbs? Are you going to be yelling at the TV? Why is Zeke on the field right now? We need Gibbs. We need the explosion. But that's just not – maybe you think that's what they should do. That's not how they operate. Uh, And then I also think he's better – if you can get perimeter runs and get him in space, and like we talked about in the first segment – they like to keep it condensed, vertical, pushing inside right now. They like to go straight ahead with their runs, and I just don't think that fits Gibbs to a T in terms of his strengths. With Robinson, yes, he fits all of that. And he's a good pass protector. I was shocked. Those five-star recruits are almost never good pass protectors. Uh, Texas, Stan Drayton, I think, is the running back coach. What a job. He has the two best pass protectors in the draft. <laughs> It's Roshan Johnson one, and I think Bijan Robinson two. That it's the highlight tape, and all yeah. you have to do is is uh, put on Twitter search Bijan Robinson pass protection, and you will see all these highlights. And it just just because we know what it's like when it's not good, and you can see him out there making plays, and I'm like, oh man, if he's there, it's oh, it's so exciting. I mean, look, I'm I'm. I'm fully in on if it. Ha- I'm not going to give him a great grade for the first for a 28 overall B. John Robinson pick. 40 overall, yes. I think that's about the spot I would take him is like 40 overall, like your top 40 player. 
for sure. And I'm not going to be particular about 38. If they get him after that, awesome. If he can fall to 60, A-plus pick, it's just 28. Man, that's not a that's not great to me. I got so much backlash early in draft season for saying I would take Bijan at 28. And now people keep bringing up Gibbs at 28. To me, Bijan, so much better. Like a complete player. And I, I don't see that with Gibbs. So that is Bijan Gibbs talk. I, I made that tweet today and I think everybody took it as Bijan. Bijan's not going to be there at 28. And I basically said, I'm only taking a running back at 28 if he can run, pass block, and catch. And that's just uh, Bijan Robinson. And Gibbs needs some work and and definitely pass protection, but also I think for the Bengals run scheme is a little bit of a projection and people just kept replying about Bijan. And I don't know, maybe I didn't word it as well as I should have to get my point across. What's crazy about it is, you know, we're being totally realistic because you see a lot of the mocks out there and the projections. Bijan could be top 10, top 15. He could be top 20. Uh, Not a lot of people have him fallen all the way to the end of the first round. So I I don't see that happening. And then when there is the comparison that, yeah, even if Bijan's there, Gibbs is definitely the best. Oh, goodness gracious. I'm like, how? What? I was like, I need need, need Mike to talk about it on the podcast. Tell everybody. (laughs) And tell them. It's it's really, and really it's, Gibbs is better straight line speed. And I think he's a little more, uh, he's got more lateral agility too. But Bijan's just such a better player. Like you could try to build the case, but I gave grades to every running back. And I mean, Bijan got an 86 from me. And Gibbs got a 78. And that equates to a top 10 pick for Bijan. And Gibbs, a early second rounder. Even not just me, because maybe you think I'm just a Gibbs hater. Joe Goodberry gave Bijan Robinson an 87, which is higher than me, and an 81 for Gibbs. I think he's just higher grading his running backs, which is weird because I feel like sometimes I'm the running back is okay to take guy. But 87, top 10 pick, 81, late first round. That's that's a tier break. That's a that's a full tier difference. I feel like Bijan's gonna go to the Eagles or the Cowboys. Oh man. Could you imagine feels- being Tony Pollard and you finally get your shot and they draft <laughs> B. John Robinson? That is, he's a, he played at Texas. I mean, I, I just I feel like it just it's the connection. It's it's big name. It's uh, you know going to the Cowboys. I don't know. I just it, it feels like it. Both of those would be super exciting. I keep thinking it's going to be something that that everybody just kind of groans like it makes sense, but everybody kind of groans like oh in that offense. I think of. That's why I went to the Bucks at 19. I mean, that is they, disappointing. They need a running back, and that'll just be like, oh, Bijan to the Bucks. Maybe he'll make their offense exciting, but isn't Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield's their starting quarterback right now. Oh, that's so sad. That's I don't want that for Bijan. I don't. I don't want that for him. I, mean, <laughs> I don't want that. I want him to Chargers. Could him go to the Chargers? That's fun. <laughs> no, go go to the, go to the Bucks. Go NFC is that the, is that the thing? <laughs> Stay on the NFC side, but for some reason, because I love the Eagles offense, I think it would Me just too. be so fun. I just so think the, the Eagles are so invested in running back by committee. I think their GM yeah. fully believes that. And he could prove everybody wrong. It just takes one pick. Maybe he thinks Bijan is a transcendent talent. Some people are even higher on him than me and Joe Goodberry and everybody else out there and think he's the best player in the class. Oh, uh, I've heard that. Yeah. I still think on tape Jalen Carter was, but oh, we got some other questions about that. Yeah, <laughs> but, but- uh, 
and, and, yeah. and I'm gonna get to, I'm gonna get to more, and I'm gonna ask one more Gibbs question because Jamal says yeah. this. We're gonna bounce off because we're already talking about him. He says, "Is it is it fair to argue that Gibbs would make the Bengals' offense more dynamic than any other player in this draft outside of Bijan?" Ooh, I man, year one, I think so. I th- I think that's a fair take. Based off guys, I think will be there. Like, I don't think Darnell Wright falls there. Could he do it? Like, I think Darnell Wright would possibly, probably make your offense better this year than uh, Jameer Gibbs would. But running backs have such a, like, if they're good, they hit right away. They just hit so fast. Tight end, even though I think Michael Mayer is going to be good right away, does he add that much this year? Because even if he's good right away, he's probably going to be better in three years. Gibbs, a lot of these running backs, he's just hit the ground running. Look at Brees Hall. Look at Kenneth Walker from just this past draft. Damian Pierce. They all just, boom, hit the ground running. They're good running backs. And you look at the tight ends, and Chiga Conquo eventually became a good tight end. Greg Dulcich was a good receiver at moments. And the number one tight end, Trey McBride, wasn't even really on the field. He was on the bench for Zach Ertz. <laughs> so uh, it's so tough with, uh, with that. If you... I don't think wide receiver could do it either. If I'm just thinking of guys, I can't, I can't think of anybody who'd fall there. And even then how much playing time do they get? So you think of the most important, I think it's either running back or right tackle. That's going to make this offense as explosive as it can get because of the tight end waiting time. Yeah. And I think Gibbs is the second best running back in the class. I've said all this and I I still think second best because of everything that he can give you. I comped him to uh, everybody keeps trying to do Alvin Kamara, but I don't think he has the balance. Alvin Kamara's got insane balance. Like I think he could get pushed by a lawnmower or something and be on one leg when that happens and still remain upright or something. I don't know. Uh, But uh, I comped him to CJ Spiller and CJ Spiller was super exciting. He had a really good season with Buffalo before where he was an awesome receiver. He was an awesome running back and you get him in space and he's gone. You get him in space, that's how he works. And that's what I think with Gibbs is that you get him in space, he's an awesome receiver, profit. Uh, But yeah, I don't know if the Bengals is a clean transition, but yes, I would say that is going to make the offense as dynamic as it can get with a draft pick in year one. See, positives. If they take Gibbs at 28, I mean, I'd be really pumped at 60, but if they take him at 28, it could still be exciting for the offense. Yeah, but- it's not an F. I mean... Yeah, it's to me probably like a D, C minus. Maybe D plus. D plus. If you go D plus, just go C minus because it sounds better. (laughs) It's the same grade. Told me I was seeing my test back and it was going to have a C minus versus D plus. (laughs) Even if it's like a one point difference. Yeah. yeah, It feels so much better with the C minus. We can just say the grade. That's totally (laughs) fine. Um, We'll go to Willie Lutz. He says, who would, who's been the hardest player for you to evaluate in the 2023 class? Oh, man. I have a few. If we want to stick to um, – so I'm trying to think again. I think Emmanuel Forbes is a hard evaluation because he's so thin. He's so thin, and I don't think he's very good technically. But, man, you can't teach ball skills, and he's got that in spades. He's young, and he's athletic. So I think he's a hard evaluation and I'm lower on him than I think a lot of people, but I could easily be wrong. Like I see that every time and I just go, I could be way wrong on this. Like this could just blow up in my face. Um, 
other harder evaluations, Dewan Jones is obviously a, a little bit of a harder evaluation because he didn't test or anything. So you don't feel good about that. Um, Luke Musgrave was a super hard evaluation because he only played two games this year. So a lot of those guys that didn't play much, it's like, well, I hope they're good. I hope they've gotten better from the year before. I, I don't know. Mark Chase uh, didn't play in 2020. I mean, yeah, in 2020. Yeah. So you know, he turned out. <laughs> I nailed Jamar Chase. I said elite, elite prospect. <laughs> um, yeah, those are, those are some of the tougher evaluations. Roshan Johnson's not really an easy evaluate. Like, I think it's easy because I just see Samaj P. Ryan in him, but he was also their second running back, and maybe he gets more time. Maybe he gets more carries, and I see something a little bit better. He was playing fullback a lot of that time. That, that's not an easy evaluation. Tucker Kraft missed a lot of time. He was a hard evaluation. So those are, man, just ran through quite a few guys, but those are some guys. I think some of the defensive ends, the edge rushers, they could be a tough evaluation just because of the way college is played. Um, Will McDonald, I just ran through some of these guys. Will McDonald, he's always so tight to the tackle, but he's like 230 pounds. Just let that guy go wide and run, but that's not what Iowa State wants to do, and it completely makes sense. Uh, uh, yeah. Quite a few of those edge rushers just play so tight to the tackle, and it's hard to really get a feel for are they do they have a good get off? Can they really threaten speed from like a wide nine alignment? I don't know. You mentioned first Emmanuel Forbes, and we talked about him last week on the podcast because it felt like he was getting mocked to the Bengals a lot. He is actually going for his second visit or at least interview with the Cincinnati Bengals. And it feels like he's all over the place because some people have him going in the first round and then some have him dropping to the second round. What do you think about these top 30 visits for teams? I think fans see, oh, this player's coming here and this one's coming here. I think Bengals could be talking to a lot of these players that maybe they don't even draft or they fall as um, undrafted free agents that they pick up later. Obviously not Forbes, but where do you kind of see him falling right now? And do you still think that that would be a hit? at 28 for the Bengals. Yeah. So I saw a good breakdown. I don't remember who it was from, but they said basically 15 of your top 30 visits, just a rough outline. This isn't exact, but about 15 are going to be guys you're interested in. And then, excuse me, 10 more are going to be guys you have serious questions about medicals, per, uh, maybe character. Maybe it's just, they didn't test at all. You're going to go visit those guys because you want to get an up-close look at what they can do. And then about five of them are going to be undrafted guys. That's obviously not going to be Forbes, but undrafted guys that you just want to get a feel for. Just kind of meet and, like, like you might not get drafted, but keep us in mind when you're looking at, you know, if you don't get drafted type thing. Just get a feel for that guy. I think they did with Cal Adamitis, and uh, I think they might have done that with Trent Irwin before, too. So... That's that. Those are your top thirty visits. I think Forbes fits two of those criteria, right? Like he, they're probably interested, and they probably have serious questions because this guy was one hundred sixty pounds. The closest things you can find are guys that are like five foot eight, and he's like I think six one. He's so thin. I know he likes to get in there and try to tackle. It's not always successful. Like there's highlights. It's not always successful, uh, and those are kids that he's tackling. Imagining him trying to bring down AJ Brown. Um, I mean, he doesn't have to go against Jamar Chase, but Jamar Chase, uh, just uh, just think of wide receivers. It's, that's gonna be tough, right? Uh, so I think they want to get up close visit because they got they've got two. They, they're interested, but they also have some serious questions. I think it might be more of the questions than anything. When I think of 
the Bengals drafting, it might not fit corner, but they usually like size. And this would be going against what they normally think of, but they don't want to just cross him off the board because they really like him. So they want to take a visit. That's that's what I'm thinking, at least. I, I could be completely wrong. Maybe they're just interested. And you know what? I've said it before. They owe Lou. You know, if Lou has an opinion, <laughs> if he has an opinion on someone and I trust him so much with the secondary room and he's like, you know what? I want to talk to him one more time or, or let's get him in one more time. Let's chat with him and, and lose back for a reason. And he was such a difference maker last year. So I think you have to listen to what what everybody wants and at least the front office. But, yeah, I, I just don't know. That's a big question mark for me. We've talked about it on here that it wouldn't be a surprise because the Bengals, they do in the 20 range get that cornerback. And sometimes they get a player a year early you saw Dax yeah. Hill last year um they could do it again in the first round with with a cornerback and maybe Cheeto's not ready or at least you're getting Cheeto's replacement another uh, another guy in the secondary so I wouldn't be too surprised it just feels like he's a little bit all over the place in, in some of the first round mocks and then um maybe even in falling into the second round so we'll see yeah. what happens there yeah yeah um what I keep thinking with him is oh, he feels like a guy they'd trade down and take but I, uh, that's not a for sure thing. And trading down takes two to tango. It, I wonder, he's so divisive that some people have third round grades. Some people have first round grades. Some people think he's great. Some people think there's serious questions and whatever side of the fence you are. He's probably divisive with the people making this decision. I wonder if it's like Duke Tobin doesn't, you know, you really got to sell me on this guy. But Lou Anarumo was trying to sell it. He's like, come with me on this visit. You know, to, to, Or maybe it's even Zach. He's like, can he play in the AFC North? Can, is he going to last? Because we've had injuries at corner. And he wants to go get an up-close look. Or maybe it's Lou that doesn't believe. And the other guys are like, oh, you got to talk to this guy. You got to talk to this guy type thing. So uh, I think of a guy that's so divisive with how the evaluation process has gone with him. And he's got questions, you know, his weight and whatever. This is totally a guy you're spending as much time as you can with to just nail down the evaluation and make sure because your, your first round pick is the best thing you can do right now for this offense is, you know, getting cheap talent at a premium position yep, or a premium need- pick. Yeah. You need that right now. Right. So they want to nail it and you you're going to talk to guys you have questions with. Yeah, no, that's a really, really good point with the the bags that you're going to be giving to some of your starters right now. You do want to start to save money with these traffics and you want to hit on them. But we have more mailbag questions. Thanks for following along. We're going to get those in our next segment on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.